Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Circa Richardson. We recorded this interview last week over the phone. She was in London, I think, where she was in the middle of a support tour with Honeyblood. She was gearing up to play The Garage on Halloween night in London and she was playing Mirrors Festival on the 2nd of November. She has a couple of dates in Ireland coming up. Whelan's in Dublin on 20th of November, Winthrop Avenue in Cork on the 21st of November, that's part of the Old Oak Complex, and she's playing the Roisin Dove on the 22nd of November, that's in Galway. It's all in support of her debut album, long-awaited debut album, First Prize Bravery, which is out on Faction Records on November 8th. I've had the chance to listen to the album ahead of interviewing Circa, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think it's such a great album. I've been following her for a long time, since she was living over in Brooklyn and releasing tracks on SoundCloud and on Spotify over the years. On Spotify, you can go back to like 2012, 2013, when she was putting up her first singles. And there's there's lots up there for you to delve into ahead of the release of First Prize Bravery. But it's great seeing an actual new collection of tracks from Circa Richardson. I think it's a really, really good album. I think it's going to do a lot of good things for her and I can't wait to see her live. So I was delighted to get a chance to chat with her over the phone. So you can check that out uh, coming up. But let's take a taster of what to expect from it. I guess maybe the opening track, Honey, which we're going to hear a clip of now, maybe isn't indicative of what follows on the album. I think it's the only one uh, where it's just her and a piano. The rest of it is kind of... Well, I think that she'd be happy enough with saying the Phoebe Bridgers is quite a big influence. So this kind of a Phoebe Bridgers vibe running throughout the album, maybe less so on this track. But this is a little taster. You can check Circa Richardson out on Spotify to hear a lot more and check out the album when it comes out on November 8th. I don't know you well. I guess we only met. Sound of alarm bells won't stop ringing in my head. I was coasting, always coasting Kiss me, rip my chest right open Underneath the white fluorescent light I can't get you out my mind Thought I might have dreamed it You made me feel something that night I swore I never needed I was doing You're currently on tour supporting uh, Honeyblood in the UK. How how has that been going? It's been really good, actually. Um, so far, I've played a bunch of cities that I've a never been to, and been obviously never played in. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really cool, and uh, they're really nice. They're it's fun to watch them every night. So so far, so good. How did the opportunity come about? Was it just through record labels or? Yeah, I think it's through their label, their side of Marathon Artists. And uh, um, I think someone at their label knew my music and um, asked if we wanted to do the tour. So I'm playing a festival in London called Mirrors Festival on second in a couple of days' time, um, which Phoebe Bridges is headlining. So I'm very excited for that one. But uh we, I was coming over to do that anyway, and then it just—it was kind of good timing that this sort of led led into it. Oh, great. Um, have you done many support slots or many tours yourself over the years? 
In Ireland, yeah. I've done a few, like, I've done, like, support, a lot of support shows in Ireland. Like, I think almost entirely Irish bands, probably. Like, I supported All Twins at their um, show at the National Stadium before the summer, and then, like, last summer I supported The Academic, supported St. Sister at the Olympia, did a support tour with Imelda May um, in 2017, which was good fun. But but this is the first supporter that I've done outside of Ireland, I think. Oh wow! Um, how, so so how have you found yeah. it? If, has, has it been just enjoyable, just kind of like being around the same people and like in different cities? Yeah, it feels. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. Um, you know, like the first night we played in Glasgow, and I've had my band with me for some of the shows. Like we did um, yeah, first first show was in Glasgow. And my band were with me for that. So it was like five of us sleeping in like the attic of this uh, funny little house <laughs> in Glasgow. Um, and then, but like it was cheaper to fly the day before. So me and my bass player chose for the day before. And then we just like went go-karting in Glasgow uh, to kill a bit of time. So it's like equal parts like work and play, it feels like. But also support tours, I don't know. It's kind of, sometimes it feels like less pressure because, you kind of just show up and, and play and you get to play to people who don't know your music, which sometimes I quite like because it means hopefully you'll win over some new fans and meet new people. And like two of the last shows I did solo, Birmingham and Nottingham, I played them solo. And like Honey Blood's music is quite loud and like kind of punky and stuff. So I wasn't sure how a solo set of like me and my guitar was going to go down. Like the audiences are super attentive and receptive and yeah it's been really fun uh, why did you decide to play them solo is it just um to change things up or was it just like oh somebody has to someone in your band has to just head back to ireland or something just because it's the most affordable way to do it <laughs> really like i'm sure like musicians no maybe like people who are musicians don't know but like support tours are expensive when you're doing them internationally uh so I was, yeah, it kind of like the, the venues for those shows were a little smaller. Um, like the, we're playing London tomorrow at the Garage, which is a bigger show, and the bands are coming back for that one. Um, but you know, I'm pretty comfortable doing solo shows as well, so it's kind of just uh, you know weighing things up and seeing what will work for what gig. And I felt like I could do those shows solo, and it wouldn't, you know, it would still I could still do a good show. So kind of just made most sense to do it that way. Okay, so do you see kind of like Sorka Richardson, the artist, as like both solo and with the band? Like it's not this one specific thing? Yeah, I mean, for me, I definitely like playing with the band the most. And if I could do that for every show, I I would, because um, that's kind of like the way it's, I, I don't know, it's just nice to be able to play the songs as they are on the album. And uh obviously spent a lot of time like on the arrangements for the album and stuff. And other than Honey, I don't really think there's any song on the album that's like just very stripped back. They're most are like very full band arrangements. So it's kind of just fun to be able to do that in the live show as well. But also I feel, I think it's good that, you know, I can scale it down when I have to. There's sometimes like when it, when it makes more sense to do a solo show or even just like me and, you know, my keyboard player or my bass player or something, it makes it makes sense to do a smaller... Like, last night, for example, I supported 
Dodie, she was playing a show um, and they asked me to do support for that. And it was super last minute and my band weren't here. But like, I'm able to do a solo show. So it was, I was able to say yes to it and be able to like, you know, play a half hour set by myself. So it's kind of nice to be able to have different options for it, I think. Right, yeah. Did did it take uh, a long time to kind of get comfortable with like just yourself up on stage? Kind of. I mean, I find it hard <laughs> to just to get comfortable being on stage regardless of whether it was like solo or with a band. Because um, I think like when I was younger and when I was growing up, I was a drummer and I didn't ever really want to be like front and center of the stage, like the one talking into the mic that was kind of scary to me but um yeah I think it just for me the only way to to get over that was just to keep doing it even if it was like terrifying <laughs> and it means like for a while you're playing gigs that maybe aren't that good just because you're like I was just paralyzed by nerves for a long time um Ooh. yeah I know <laughs> oh god I used to be so scared of this but uh I don't know now I think yeah, it's, it's but it's that's what's nice about having a band too. Sometimes it's like if you're showing up to a festival or like, you know, something where it's like you're not really you don't know people and it's like it's a new environment, like maybe it's a new city. It feels a lot less scary and a lot more fun to do that with a band. So it's sort of like safety in numbers sometimes. What was it that made you uh, maybe change from being a drummer into being a front person? Was it just like over like a 10 year, 15 year period? Kind of like I moved. I think a big part of it was a big part of it was that I loved I loved writing songs and I've been writing songs the whole time secretively and not showing them to anybody. <laughs> and then um, I don't know, I thought that maybe I would eventually, you know, find a band and then whoever was our singer in the band, we could maybe like use some of these songs that I've been writing as songs for the band. But then, um, then it sort of came to the point where there were certain songs that I was like, well, I don't know if I want someone else to sing that because it just felt weird for certain songs for me to give to other people. And then also I moved to New York when I was 18. And at that point I couldn't bring my drum kit. I was living in a dorm and there was no, like I was sharing a bedroom. Like I didn't even have my own bedroom. So I didn't have anywhere for a drum kit. I used to go to Guitar Center and like pretend that I was going to buy one <laughs> so I could like play the drum kit there for a while. But I think, yeah, just I, I wasn't playing the drums as much anymore. So I sort of started playing guitar a bit more. And then that was kind of when I was like, maybe I can try and sing some of these songs. Um, just to sort of like fill a void of like not being able to play my drums every day. But it, it, it was never like I was like, I want to grow up and be a singer. That was, right. it didn't, that, yeah, that was not my goal ever. You, you didn't ever think about being a singing drummer? No, <laughs> I don't think I did. Although like that band Whitney, they have a singing drummer, don't they? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love, I love it, that. It works band. for some people. Yeah, it does. It really does. Alex Goff as well. Isn't he like a rapping drummer? Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I haven't seen him live, but yeah, apparently he does it as well. Maybe it's making a comeback. Maybe it's like the Phil Collins effect. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't ever think of it being a singing drummer, but obviously it's having a moment, so maybe I should consider. <laughs> um, I'm guessing that drummers are probably in demand in Brooklyn, are they? There's probably a lot of people who are just like making music themselves, and then it's like, well, I need a band. Like, where where are the drummers in Brooklyn? Yeah, 
But the problem with me was I didn't have a drum kit. So I wasn't much used to anyone looking for a drummer. Um, I don't know. I found it, like, I found it kind of hard to find. Well, not hard, is it? I actually found it much easier to find musicians in Dublin than I did in New York, which is kind of weird. But maybe it's just because, like, the community in Dublin is so small that once you know one person, you kind of very quickly get to know, it feels like you get to know everybody. I met, like, when I, when I think I was in my second year of college in New York, and I met a group of, there was, like, 30 of them, like, this, these, these um, group of friends who were all from, like, Long Island, and they all, they all like, all, all of them were musicians and filmmakers and, like, animators and all that stuff. So I sort of, like, kind of joined their little friend group for a few years, and a bunch of them became my band and ended up, like, making music with a bunch of them for a while while I, while I was in New York, which was good fun. Um, but yeah, I never really played the drums ever in New York. Like I never, in any gigs I ever did, like even bands I was in in New York, I was never a drummer. But at that point I was sort of like trying to see how to make my own beat, like to sing my own songs and do that. Yeah. Yeah. What was the actual, um, timeline for you, say moving to Brooklyn and then kind of coming back to Dublin? I moved to Brooklyn when I was, I lived in New York when I was 18. I didn't live in Brooklyn until four years later. But then I stayed in New York for eight years. So I came home when I was 26. So yeah, I was there for a long time, <laughs> for ages. The Dublin that you came back to, was it like totally different to the one that you left, even though I presume that like you were kind of coming and going as well? Yeah, it was really weird. Like it really took me a while to figure out how to sort of, just like be back in Dublin I think um obviously like when I was eight you know I left I left Dublin the week I got my leaving cert results I think it was so it's like I think the way you your life in a city when you're in sixth year is going to be totally different to when you're in your mid-twenties um just because you're like at a different point in your life but I like I came home and I didn't know loads of my friends had left loads of my friends were either living in London or like Scotland or so it's sort of like my friend group had kind of disappeared a little bit and then I just didn't know where anything was like any bars that we would have gone to when I was 18 either didn't exist or like I didn't want to go to them anymore um even certain venues like had disappeared like I think the first venue I ever played in Dublin was the Mr. Pepper which doesn't exist anymore that's gone um so yeah, I just didn't really know what to do. I didn't know where to hang out. I didn't really know who to hang out with. <laughs> um, it took me, it, I probably, yeah, and that was maybe like two years ago when I came home and I ended up like leaving a bit in like, after about six months, I was like, I, I don't think I can stay here. Like I just, so I went back to the States for a couple of months and then I came home and then I was home like a month and my friend had a house in France, um, a little cottage in France that she was going to and I was like can I come with you because <laughs> I just I just didn't really want to stay in in Dublin um but then once I actually decided to spend a bit of time back home and made an effort to like sort of assimilate back into the city I was like oh actually now I'm obsessed with this like I've, I love Dublin and I'm so glad that uh that that's where I live now and, and I'm a few years ago, like I never would have thought that I'd feel that way. But I, just, I think it's such a good place. So, so Dublin is home at the moment. 
Yeah, for now. Well, yeah, I don't know why I keep saying for now. I just I'm really bad at committing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm like I'm really happy being back in Dublin at the minute, and I think it's nice when you can break it up. Like we've been playing more shows the last couple months, and um, it's exciting to be in Dublin, but also to be doing stuff, you know, in other cities around Europe. But like, I feel very lucky that Dublin is a place that I get to go back to and have a really good friend group there now and loads of my pals are doing like you know are other musicians and are doing really creative stuff and it's just nice to feel like there's that kind of community there that you can return to so yeah I, I guess that's what's nice about touring as well and being a musician you know you're like I need to get away for six weeks I'll just do a tour yeah exactly I know or even like when I said like my friend who's when I went with her to France like I just went for two weeks and I just brought my laptop and I brought like demos that I was working on and it's sort of like it feel I, you, I think you feel a little less guilty about doing that because you can still write kind of wherever I am so um but yeah I think I'm always happiest when I feel like I can leave at any moment I like I like feeling I just like feeling like I can be spontaneous about that kind of thing yeah, I, I guess that kind of moves us on nicely to your debut album, which is why we're talking today. It's called uh, First Prize Bravery, and it's out November 8th. First of all, congratulations on making the album. Thank you very much. <laughs> how, how do you feel about it? Happy, excited that like you've it, it's finally done? Yeah, like really, really happy, really excited. Kind of weird, like obviously you've, you've heard it, haven't you? Yeah, I got I got sent the link, so I've been listening to it uh, all week. I think it's great. I think it's really, really oh, good. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's funny. It's just funny because, like, it's been done a couple months now. And, like, it always just seems, I don't know, forever it just seems like the day that it's coming out is, like, so far away. And it's always, like, in the distance. And now it's been, like, a couple days. <laughs> and, like, obviously I'm speaking to people like yourself who have heard it. And it's, like, weird that it's, like... Uh, yeah, it's just weird that it's actually going to be out when people will hear the songs and stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Like talk, talking about all of these places where you've lived or where you've like been making music, like that is one of the yeah. themes that I think kind of comes through on the albums. Like one of my notes is that there are kind of road trip vibes on it. I don't know. Do, <laughs> are you are you able to see that? Absolutely. I mean, I think for me, I think because I moved, um, I moved to New York when I was young. I always felt like my life was sort of split between multiple cities and then a lot of my very close friends from New York moved to LA so I ended up spending a lot of time in LA so I always felt like whatever city I was in whether it be Dublin or New York or LA there was always somebody in one or like multiple people in the other cities who I I don't know who I missed or like there was always parts of my life that were happening you know I don't know, in sync with each other, but like in different cities around the world. So I think a lot of the album is kind of about that and moving between those three cities. And like, also a lot of it I wrote sort of in the year leading up to and like a couple months after leaving New York. So I think I knew that life was going to change and maybe a part of it was like my attempt to just like capture, capture that time in my life before I, you know, before it was over. I kind of knew that it was coming to an end. So I was like my attempt to like write it all down so I wouldn't lose some of those memories, I guess, maybe. 
So, so like some of the songs on the album, you can like pinpoint where you were when you wrote them. They're almost like a snapshot of like a place and a time for you. Yeah, yeah. Like for pretty much every single one, like uh, almost every like there's every line. If you could you could ask me about any line on the album, and I'd be like, oh yeah, that was the day that me and Catherine like went to this bar, and then we did this, and then we drove here, and like it's all very much grounded in reality and I, th- I I don't know I always think of it as my attempt to take a photograph <laughs> of something or just like write down all the details and it seems like a really positive album as well like really kind of uplifting listen one of the lines I picked out is red lion and it's just the line I like this life it's a simple line but it's like it's really effective yeah um I don't know was that kind of the the thinking behind it you wanted kind of uh like a happy listen I suppose yeah I mean I think like I don't know sometimes I write songs about about things that like I I don't know how to like you know to process them otherwise so like the way that I deal with it is to write a song about it that helps me make sense of it but then also I just like to write songs about like days that feel special and days that I want to remember and a lot of the time those are like really happy days <laughs> Like Red Lion um, was like about you know there's a couple of weeks that I one of my friends and I spent in LA just doing nothing like I was we we're just I was like writing a lot of music you know she was working on some stuff that like she was writing for a project that she was doing and it wasn't like any great big event happened we just like we were just hanging out but it felt I was like this is perfect I love if this was life forever I'd be delighted. <laughs> So I think for me, I like to try and write about that stuff too, because that feels special to me and like almost transformative to me in the same way that like, you know, some catastrophic events would as well. So I'm glad that you said that because sometimes I feel like all my songs are sad, but I actually don't think that's, that song's not sad. Oh, okay. I, d- I don't think, I don't know, maybe, maybe I haven't listened to it enough to be like, oh, actually, she she's singing about something happy, but she's really sad. Maybe I haven't I haven't uh, delved that deep. Even if I do a cover of a happy song, the tone of my voice just makes it sound <laughs> more sad than it actually is. So sometimes when I am singing a happy song, it sounds sad, but um, that's good. Because I do think for someone else, actually Koch, who, who, Koch Fahey, who took photos for me for some of the press shots she said that to me I think I sent her some of the songs and she was like yeah it's very she's like there's a lot of hope in in your music which I was very happy to hear because I think you don't always want it to be just like doom and gloom and like I'm so sad so the fact that you say that too makes me very happy that's good that's good um have you actually like you know, you say that you try to write about kind of like the the good things in life. Have you have you actually like tried and like I presume you've got a whole pile of songs that are kind of the more um, sad side of life as well, do you? Yes. I mean, yeah, it's not that I try and write any specific kind of song. I think I just like, I don't know. I just, I like to write about my life and my friends and, um, I think I think I don't know I think sad songs come easier to me anyway just because like if there's something that is bothering me the, own, the best way for me to figure it out or to like even just regain control over it like if I feel a little my head feels a little chaotic 
writing a song about it and being able to like hear it outside of my own head feels like a kind of powerful way to regain control over a situation or something. So I think that's why, and also like I'll write a lot now at the piano, there's a piano at my parents' house, which I'll write a lot of that. And I think it's writing happy songs in the piano don't always, <laughs> don't always sound good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've loads the half written demo things and a lot of them would be on the sadder scale side of the scale you've kind of mentioned over the over the course of our chat so far kind of like different groups of like creative people that you're uh part of that you're friends with like do you find that just being like just having conversations with other kind of creative people is just really um it's just really worked it's just really kind of inspired you to kind of follow your own path yeah massively and that that is one of the reasons why i love um i love being back in dublin because like I don't know, it's just nice. Even like, so like one of the songs on the album called Twisting the Knife um, is a song I wrote with Connor Adams from All Twins. Um, and like that came about just because Connor was at one of my shows, I think. And then we were like, we got along super well. I hadn't met him before. We were like, oh, let's write some, let's write some music. And I found in New York, like I would, I would write with other people sometimes, but I, the majority of, I feel like a lot of my friends there were working like nine to five jobs like um, I felt a little more isolated and I didn't have the same kind of creative community that I feel like I have now in Dublin. Um, and just, yeah, it just makes me, I don't know, it's, it just makes me happier to feel like there's other people who are doing similar stuff. Like even, you know, there's, there's pals of mine who are musicians in Dublin. We send each other demos all the time. Like, um, I probably shouldn't say who it is because I don't know if they know that people are <laughs> people know that they're making music. But uh Oh like well no, that sounds like a great big secret. It's not at all. You'd be so you know <laughs> it's, it's so I like talking about other people's music projects before they're like out in the world. That feels like a bad move as a friend. Okay. But okay, like fair enough. Um yeah. <laughs> but like they'll send me stuff and like, you know, be like, Oh, you know, what you think of this course, like could it be better or like they're not the same. It's kind of nice to have friends you can like swap ideas with, and you don't always agree with them, but like at least just to get other people's perspectives on certain things. Yeah, and um, I I guess that I kind of primarily know you as like a singles artist. You know, you've put out a string of kind yeah. of just one-off singles over the past few years. Why does now feel like the right time to make this album? Even though, uh, as you said earlier, like it's kind of like capturing the last couple of months living in uh, America of this kind of like yeah. uh, time past. Why was now the right time to make the album and to put it out? I think, um, I think it was maybe like a couple of years ago, I sort of I had a bunch of songs, like Rainer Night and Lost and stuff. And I was kind of at a crossroads where it's like, I could go and make an album now or, or not and just release singles for like a year and a half or two years or whatever. And I felt like I just didn't know then what I wanted the album to be. And I felt like I hadn't spent enough time working with producers or spent enough time in studios to really feel confident in my own vision, kind of. I I was I think had I done it then I would have been led too much by other people probably. Um and also just like making singles I kinda of felt like I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted and that's why, like, I could put out songs like 4am and Ruin Your Night, which sound pretty different, but, like, 
I would never put those two songs on the same album. <laughs> um, and I hope that, like, the album that I did make sounds and feels cohesive. Um, but I think then when I came home to Dublin, I started playing more shows with... I got a band together. I started playing more shows with the band because in the States, I've been playing a lot of solo shows. Um, and even just the process of doing that, like, made me realize the songs that were, like, the most fun to play and gave me a bit of clarity about if I was to make an album, what it would look like. So I think I just, I arrived at a point where I was like, I know what I want the album to be, and I feel confident enough in my own ideas that I can make it. And, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just felt ready. And I think it's such a huge undertaking to make an album that I didn't want to do that unless I felt I was going to be able to make something that I would be happy with. Well, listen, congratulations on making the album. I think it's great. And um, I guess it's kind of funny asking someone whose album is still like uh, a week away from release as we're <laughs> talking. But like, like, do you have more plans in the works maybe for 2020? Are you planning on like like more singles or another album or anything like that? Or is it just kind of like, just relax for a while, take it easy. The hard work is done now. Um, I mean, there's some more shows that are going to be doing New Year, which I'm very excited for. I mean, I write all the time as well, so someone asked me this in an interview the day, they were like, are you working on the next album? And I was like, oh God. But like, I, I do have loads of songs that I've written since this one, so like, um, I just haven't actively like, thought out studio time and that type of thing. <laughs> but, uh, That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, I'm just like excited to play more shows and play for people to know these songs and then see what happens from there with Great. Well, uh, listen, congratulations again and enjoy the uh, last couple of dates in the UK and enjoy the Irish shows as well next month. Will do. Thanks so much, Owen. I really appreciate it.